Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter. We are talking about sexual harassment and sexual assault. Today we've seen that the numbers are growing and we need to do so much more to make sure that every woman feels protected, every man feels safe and sexual harassment is something that we will only talk about in the past. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Unapologetically KK. My guest today is Dr. Thoraya Kanafani, who is a clinical psychologist. She's been on the show before. And I want to say a huge, huge, huge thank you for coming back, supporting the podcast and talking about topics that we all should be discussing. Welcome to Unapologetically KK. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. Dr. Thoraya, today we're talking about sexual harassment, an issue that became, I guess, a global phenomenon with the Me Too movement. And a lot of people started talking about it. So that, I guess, in one way was a good thing that people started having conversations around it. But having said that, there is still a lot of information that's lacking. We don't understand what it means. The numbers that I've looked at are staggering in terms of the percentage of women who have in their lifetime been sexually harassed. So Let's start with what is sexual harassment? When we talk about sexual harassment, we want to think of sexual harassment as a massive continuum of different types of unwanted sexual behavior. It could be verbal, it could be touch, it could be absolutely anything, or it could be a request, subtle request for sexual favors, right? or um, a very indirect kind of innuendo of if you do this for me that you'll get something in return yes so it's an unwanted sexual um advance advance, but the most important part of it is that there's an intent for sexual um uh, not repercussions like sort of consequences so ultimately the person intends to get something sexual from you Mm -hmm. which is why it's called sexual harassment so ultimately when we think of sexual harassment it's not just about somebody touching you on the shoulder it's not just about somebody brushing up against you it's not about somebody like making a funny joke that's or an inappropriate you know sexual comment that's not sexual harassment sexual harassment has the intent to get something sexual from you Right. And make you feel uncomfortable sexually. So there has to be this sort of negative um, intent that's coming your way from a sexual nature. Right. Uh, it's a it's a bit like it's a it's a if you want to think of it, it's a bit like bullying in, in terms of there's a power differential. Yes. So it's usually coming from somebody of a higher power than you are, and that's why they feel the sense of like I can mm-hmm. and it's not that big of a deal if I do so. But ultimately it's really more um of like bullying, but from a sexual perspective. Right. Because all forms of uh, emotional abuse is about power. Yes. You know, the person abusing you does feel the sense of power over you to say Absolutely. that they can do what they want to you and you will not re- be able to retaliate because of their position and what, you know, it, it's kind of not just one thing, but it's several things to say that they control you in a certain way. Yes. And so, you know, no matter what they do to you, you're not going to speak up. And that's the reason why it gets worse and worse because they might start with something subtle And then when you don't respond, when you don't retaliate, when you don't complain, when you don't speak up, 
it starts getting worse. Of course. And and then it becomes repetitive. Yes. And then it becomes something that the person experienced over and over again. And then by the time they're in that repetitive mode, they feel so bad about saying anything because they're like, well, I've already accepted it for the past exactly. three, four times. So now why would I say something now? They're going to think that I'm this or I'm that or whatever it is. So it's a very tricky situation and it's a very tricky experience to have. Because at the same time, it's a really horrendous way of of um, of living life, but Absolutely. also it's it's horrendous within yourself because you become self critical, thinking that you deserve this, yes. that this was something that you asked for, that this is something that like that um, you hinted towards, or yes. maybe you did something or you said something. And this is not just from the female perspective; this is also from the male perspective because yeah. there are a lot of men that actually experience this sense of um, sexual harassment from women because. Women are just as responsible for sexual harassment as men are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess what they take away from you is your power. You right. feel powerless. You feel you have no control over your own life uh, and you have no control to do anything to protect yourself. So that, I guess, is the biggest exchange. It's got to be based on them feeling powerful and you feeling completely powerless. And them instilling fear. Absolutely. Because that's the most important thing about power is that they have either the physical, the financial, the psychological, or the emotional power over you. Yeah. And you are scared for something bad to happen to you. Yes. Whereas in reality, something bad is already happening Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. But then... There are a lot of cases that don't go reported. I mean, if you look at the Me Too movement, which is the most significant and, and globally recognized one, uh, you, you notice that a lot of the men are saying that it was consensual. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't force myself on them. I invited them to my room. They came. So they are not telling me that this is not okay with them. But it is still considered harassment because it's for a favor uh, you're expected to do something mm -hmm. and, and receive a favor in return. And there is an underlying fear that if I don't do this, then I'm going to be, I'm going to lose my job or I'm not going to be able to further my career. Um, so that is an unsaid Absolutely. Fear. And, absolutely. And that's the same thing with bullying is that there has to be a power differential. And that's where the sexual harassment really comes into play is in that power differential. Now, ultimately, when we talk about sexual harassment, I'm not saying anybody is like one person is more at fault or the other person is less at fault. It is not about fault. What it is about is ownership. Yes. So, when these women went to the hotel rooms with those individuals, this is not to say that they wanted to be sexually harassed. Of course not. They didn't want. That's not why they were going. However, women also have to be vigilant into thinking of the, these kinds of situations might lead to um, an un uncomfortable situation for them. And women are so strong and they're so powerful and they have intuition mm -hmm. better than most men do. Right. So that initial feeling where a woman's like, mm, I'm not so sure if this is a good idea. Women need to trust themselves to believe that, to listen to that. Yeah. And like you said, yes, there is a power differential where, you know, oh, if you don't come with me to my room, I might fire you. Yeah. That That's not just sexual harassment. That's harassment in general. That's misuse of power. That's, um, that's, 
I mean, there are so many different things that I don't know all the legal terms, but they would w- they would fall it's into that category in some way, right? In 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 a in a respect, yes, because what you're it's a threat. It's basically a threat in in terms of the job performance. Like this is not part of my job description. And it's not part of my roles and responsibilities to join you in a hotel room to discuss something. We can discuss something at the office later on. Yeah. However, that fear puts women in that situation and not just women by the way even men exactly because ultimately men are are sexually harassed in the same way that women are sexually harassed because like i said it's a power differential so if the female is the boss and the male is the employee they can experience sexual harassment the exact same way that if when a woman is uh, when the man is the boss and the woman is the employee yeah so ultimately when we talk about sexual harassment, we're talking about unwanted sexual um, favors that are expected or indirectly hinted or Mm. any kind of touch. But there has to be a sense of I'm doing this with the intent to get something sexual in turn. Right. So maybe you want to move past um, the repetitiveness part, but more in in terms of the sexual advance part. Yeah. That's why it's called sexual harassment and not just harassment. Yeah. Because ultimately we're talking about the idea of a person wanting a sexual experience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So if a person touches, you know, like hand to back, it's like, oh, you did such a great job. Super proud of you kind of a thing. That's not sexual harassment, even if it's unwanted. It's not sexual harassment because there's no intent for any kind of sexual content or sexual experience. Yeah. That is just inappropriate behavior. Like, yeah. don't touch don't me. Don't touch me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Don't and touch some me. some cultures have that, 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 you know, women don't want to be touched. Absolutely. Or don't want to even shake hands or whatever. Absolutely. And that's, that's a, I guess, a cultural thing. But... There are people who don't understand certain cultures. And like you're saying, that a mistake can be made. And then if it's rectified, it is the intent is not to offend or harass. Exactly. And that's the biggest part right there. I mean, that's what will distinguish sexual harassment from a mistake. Yeah. Is, is literally that intent of I'm trying to get something sexual from you directly or indirectly. But at the same time, I'm, and at the same time, I'm not really interested in how you feel about it. Yeah. Versus this... I'm not so understand. I don't really know much about this culture, so I'm just gonna, you know, lightly tap or good job, high five or whatever it is that you may not necessarily want. And we see that in the Middle Eastern region as well. There are a lot of women that don't like to shake hands of men. Yeah. And what they will do is that they'll put their hand on their chest. So they're they're taking ownership and they're not feeling a sense of no, I need to shake hands with this right. individual. They take ownership and they say, I'm not gonna shake your hand because this is not something that I want to do. And the person in front. If they force it or they put their hand out almost like forcefully trying, the woman does say, I don't shake hands with men. So there is that level of assertiveness where they say, this is not something that I do. Right. I do have a few things here that says, you know, is included as sexual harassment. And it could be touching, grabbing, or making any kind of physical contact, contact with you without your consent, but also making comments that can have a sexual undertone, a sexual Mm -hmm. meaning, or cracking jokes of sexual nature around you to make you uncomfortable or or having any kind of images and discussions uh, in a setting where it is unnecessary to make people feel uncomfortable. Now, these are very subtle issues and subtle moves. And you obviously know, let's say uh, your colleagues and you're, you're close to each other, or it's you're of the same sex, you know, women talking to women or men talking to each other. And you kind of talk about 
sexual things with each other. But there is some kind of code of conduct, at least in the workplace, where you don't have these conversations in the open where there is a mixed group. And if that happens, uh, but it's subtle and you can laugh it off. So what can you do in situations where it's not obvious, where you can't go and, and make a complaint because you don't have any proof or you're just going to be deemed as, you know, not a team player. Like someone was just making a joke. You're taking it too far. Like when does it Ha- become a problem that you must report it and that you must do something about it. Honestly, I would say anytime it makes you feel like you don't want to be at work or you don't want to be around individuals, anytime that you're starting to feel discomfort, this is where you you need to f- to to take action. Mm-hmm. Now, the action doesn't have to be I'm going to my HR, right? Yeah. Uh, in a work setting, for instance. The action could be that I'm saying something to the individual. And it doesn't have to be something completely direct. We have, especially in general, women have a sense of um, embarrassment and shame and fear in approaching people because we are scared of people thinking of us as, you know, the B word or, mm-hmm. or anything like that, or, or too sensitive or right. things like that. So emotional, in exactly. The or yeah. like over or dramatic or these kinds of words. So ultimately what we do in, in instead is that we retract yeah. And we avoid any kind of conflict or any kind of conversation or confrontation. And when I say confrontation, I don't mean it in a negative context. I mean, just confronting as in like to discuss something. Yeah. Um, that is, Letting that, someone know that you're uncomfortable absolutely. with it. Because I guess the biggest thing that they have against you is to say, you never said anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was making you uncomfortable. You should have just told me. And I guess, you know, even when it goes to a point where you are having, you are calling somebody to your room and, and you are having an intimate relationship with them you turn around and said if you had a problem with it you should have said something we are two adults and it was consensual so the i the, the biggest problem here is you're not saying anything and th- and this is where you know sometimes it's it's tricky because it's not so black and white right exactly so it's not about it's it's not so easy for a person who doesn't want that kind of attention to say, hey, by the way, I don't want this attention, like mm-hmm. stop it. It's very difficult. So we're, I'm not saying that it's like a black and white, like either you say something or you deserve it. No, absolutely not, right? But the idea is, is that there has to be a level of understanding that you need to do something. Yes. If you don't want to speak up, that's fine. At least remove yourself from the scenarios that or situations where that could happen. If you can't do that, then ultimately you need to find another direction. There has to be something that you can do that makes this a little bit more comfortable for you. Yeah. So for instance, if you're getting an unwanted kind of, um, touch or an unwanted comment. Like you said, we were talking about verbal for before. So let's say unwanted verbal conversations or jokes or that are sexual in nature, making you uncomfortable. So if you're, if you don't want to say something in front of the whole crowd and say, you know, Oh, don't talk like that. It makes me uncomfortable. The best thing to do is when the crowd dissipates to, to reach out to the person who was speaking and say, look, I didn't want to say anything in front of anybody else because I really don't want it to be a massive issue. But what I would like to tell you is that kind of conversation makes me uncomfortable. So if you see me around you, please avoid any of that kind of conversation. And it's okay to say that. Now, if they repeat that, then you're allowed to just pick up and walk away. Is that possible? Because we're talking about 
let's say you're in a job that you really love and this is what's making you uncomfortable because I have a statistic here and I'm, you know, yes, we can debate it whether it's it's right or it's not, but this is by the World Health Organization and this is a Feb 2018 report. And it's saying that the total number of women in the world is 2.7 billion who are over the age of 18. And of them, 75%, which is just over 2 billion, have been sexually harassed. We can debate the number, but even if it's half that, we're talking about 1 billion women. Now, sexual harassment in this case, we're talking about public sexual harassment. So this is a lot of someone, you know, publicly kind of name calling you or or sexual innuendo and things like that. It's not, it may not be in the workplace specifically, but it could be you're walking on the street and someone's treating you badly or calling mm-hmm. you sexual names. So that that still is a huge number. And obviously the number is growing because not enough is being said. So yes, I guess everybody knows that you have to say something, but isn't there just that fear to say that if it's not assault? Now, harassment is not assault. It's it's the subtle things. You're, you're not harming anyone physically. This is more of an emotional abuse. So you're, you're, you're kind of letting it pass because you don't want to lose your job. You love your job. You love everything else about your job. And it's just that one person in the workplace that's making you that uncomfortable. Is it that easy or possible to go to that one person and have that conversation? And let's say you have the courage and you actually do that. That person might turn around and completely, you know, turn the whole thing on its head and say, it's you. You are imagining it. You are, and then still, you you will still suffer the consequences of being sidelined at work. Uh, and there's nothing easy about any of this. However, if you don't do that, you're you're making yourself susceptible to more and more of these conversations and feeling more uncomfortable. And then that job you love becomes a job you hate. Right. And it becomes a job that you no longer want to be in because of this kind of an environment. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely not an easy situation. And that statistic that you had mentioned from the WHO, I mean... If I were to think of sexual harassment as a whole, so it's any individual that's walking down the street, being gawked at, being looked at, being like verbally mentioned, I mean, still, it sounds like a very high statistic. Absolutely. Ultimately, because I'm trying to think of how the WHO has interviewed 2.7 billion women. I wasn't interviewed. I don't know if you were. But I'm just thinking to myself that ultimately, I don't know if that's the right statistic, but I can believe it is a very high statistic. Absolutely. And even if it was one woman, it's too many yeah. already. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what the statistic is as much as it matters that it's still continuing. Yes. And so ultimately, and growing and growing. And, and, and I think men are becoming more cognizant of the way that they behave around women. And some of them are becoming actually a lot more fearful. So they're too scared to approach and to, uh, to talk to women at the workplace or even engage them in certain conversations that they would deem to be very funny and, 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 you know, might be crude, but they don't want to offend anybody. So they don't involve them, which might lead to another um, issue of workplace isolation. 
Yeah. Because I don't want to talk about anything in front of women because I'm worried that they might take it as sexual harassment. Yeah. So I just won't include them in our conversations. Exactly. Exactly. But there are, I mean, I know of a friend who was trying to get into the modeling industry and uh, he actually was, was not from India and he had uh, come gone into Mumbai and he started to get some jobs. And one of the things he said was that, there was at one point he was supposed to go in for a fitting and there was just a tailor who was taking his measurements, his trouser measurements and started touching him inappropriately. Now he said it was so subtle that he actually thought he'd imagined it. So I know that as a man, it is impossible for him to say something to somebody who is not even in a position of power. And this is happening at such a subtle level that you kind of just ignore it. You He's obviously going to be more careful, mm-hmm. but if it's happened with him, it's happened with a lot of other people and it's not being reported because that guy still has a job and he's obviously still, you know, taking measurements and doing this on a regular basis. So that is happening. People aren't saying anything unless it gets to a point where it starts changing your life negatively. So right. the Me Too movement wasn't about people talking about, you know, subtle innuendo conversations. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that what is reported is just the tip of the iceberg. And what is actually happening in a lot of industries in particular is a lot more where harassment is concerned. Because now we're going to, Me Too movement is more about assault than mm-hmm. harassment because it's become physical abuse almost to say, you're not going to have a movie career, not just with me, but not at all. I will make sure that no one hires you. So basically you're not just giving up a job, you're giving up a career. And it has to get to that level where you think my life is ruined. Right. For me to say something. And and all of the cases are being reported years later. We're talking about 10, 15, 20 years later. And so, that's and that's the sad part about sexual harassment and, and exactly what you were saying before is that it's so subtle that at times, and I think your friend said it best, is that we question ourselves first. Yeah. We say, wait a second, am I... Am I like misreading this? Am did I, I being, imagine that? Ima- yeah. It's did I imagine so that? Was that maybe not what I think, what I perceived it to be yeah. in that moment? I mean, I would initially say that in any case, give a person a first incident benefit of the doubt. Right. But if it happens again, then absolutely speak up. And you don't have to speak up and, and say, oh, this is sexual harassment. It could just be you know, this makes me uncomfortable. Could you like adjust what you're doing right now? For instance, in that case, in terms of, you know, being with a tailor. Um, and I think that, that that's the same for women who go to, to, um, a lingerie shop who are yes. getting their cup size measured. It's the same idea. You're, you're, you're having an individual touch you in a way that might make you feel uncomfortable. Initially, you might sort of think of it as, is this appropriate? Is this not in that instant, give the person the benefit of the doubt. However, if it starts to feel even more uncomfortable and, and things don't feel like they're they're in the natural um, situation of where you're in, then that's where you need to speak up and say something. But right. ultimately, with, with sexual harassment, 
sexual harassment can actually lead to sexual assault, which yes. is, would, especially in the workplace, because with sexual harassment, unfortunately, some individuals feel like, oh, it's okay, they, they let this slide, so then they'll let this slide, so then they'll let this slide. It only and gets then, worse with time. Exactly. And this is definitely not to say that this is on the ownership of the individual that's being sexually harassed, but this is just to say that as women and as men who are being sexually harassed, don't sit idly by because what ends up happening is that if we don't build boundaries, and this is by far the most important part of, I think I would have to say of sexual harassment or bullying or any kind of harassment in general is building boundaries. You have to build boundaries between you and other people. And if you don't expe- express those boundaries, unfortunately, what ends up happening is that people will walk all over you. Mm-hmm. There has to be a sense of, I have this control over my life. Yeah. I can't control what other people say, feel, and do, but I can control what I say, feel, and do. And I can say to somebody that this is inappropriate. Yes. And there are a lot of companies around the world that encourage this idea of speak out, tell people. And yes, some people are going to think that, oh my God, you're sensitive, you're dramatic, but who cares? Yeah. Ultimately, you can walk in comfortable. You can walk in feeling like you're not being sexually harassed. You can walk in feeling like this is a place that is safe for me. And that is far more important than what people at work think of you. There's always going to be somebody that's not going to like you no matter where you are on this planet. There probably will be more than just one person that doesn't like you. Absolutely. Ultimately, you need to think of you being true to yourself. Yes. And that is the most important part. And how do we combat sexual harassment? We speak out And that was the best thing about Me Too movement in such a horrendous situation, horrendous experiences that these women went through. And even some men came out and they talked about the Me Too from their perspective. Ultimately, they spoke out. They -hmm. decided enough with the silence, enough with feeling like we can't say anything, enough with feeling like we should be embarrassed or ashamed or we'll be categorized as sensitive or dramatic. They said enough. And this is what's beautiful about it. And I hope that more men discuss it as well, because I've seen it with my own eyes, how some women in higher positions will talk about men. And in my mind, I'm just like, you're doing exactly what we say we don't want men to do to us. Exactly. So you're being hypocritical. And I will call people out on it because I think it is the worst thing where we feel that, oh, men are sexual in nature. So it's okay for us to discuss it, discuss them in a sexual manner versus we are not uh, we're not supposed to be looked at as sexual creatures. We're supposed to be looked at as more emotional and nurturing and caring creatures. Right. right. So how dare you it's talk about me? It's a double standard. Me? Absolutely. It's a double standard from a female perspective, yeah, which is horrendous because yes. we're contributing to the Me Too movement or, or, or the reason why the Me Too movement came out from the, from the male perspective. Yes. And actually there are a lot of statistics that show that a lot of men do not report their sexual harassment. Yes, I guess it's there's they're more humiliated and embarrassed to even Absolutely. say anything because yeah. this whole idea of being a man and then going and complaining about a woman having that much power over you for you to kind of feel uncomfortable. It's called, it's kind of unmanly yeah you know so i'm sure there are a lot more that's cases. the social stigma exactly. behind it like you're not a man if you don't like these this attention you're getting yeah, from this woman exactly and and that's sort of the same thing that women will get as well isn't it nice for you to get attention from a man like you should appreciate it 
Yes. Which is, it's ridiculous. Well, like, as I say this, it out, so yeah. out loud, I'm like, what is wrong with people when they say things like that? Exactly. But there's so much of the things that came out to say that, you know, with the men saying, oh, if you're going to dress a certain way, you're going to get a certain type of attention mm-hmm. and, and, you know, actually putting it up because I, I read a lot of articles and I saw a lot of information online where people were saying that it's not just women who are dressing provocatively, who are getting harassed. You know, you could be fully covered and you can still get Absolutely. unwanted sexual attention. Absolutely. So this, this whole uh, argument about they are harassing or the woman was asking for it, or, you know, she's kind of flirting. And so I'm a man. What what do you expect me to do? Um, that's got to change because I think what that does to a woman is make her believe that I asked for it. I did something that made them feel that they could do this to me. Well, you know, th- it's interesting when you say that that statement, I asked for it. Mm-hmm. Unless a question was asked to you and you replied with an answer, exactly. you did not ask for anything. Exactly. Right. But the idea also can't be seen as in black and white. So we can't look at life in black and white. We don't right. wear bikinis to the mall. Why? Well, inappropriate. Absolutely. It's inappropriate. So we know that there are some social standards that are inappropriate in cer- cer- certain situations. Right. So if you, if uh, this is not to say that a woman asks for or a man asks for anything. Absolutely. But there are inappropriate behaviors that you will get attention for. Yes. You need to recognize that you can't just do whatever you want and not expect anybody else around you to, to react. react. There has to be an understanding that we live in gray. We do not live in black and white. It's right. not either I deserve whatever I want and whatever I think and whatever I do is my business and nobody has the right to judge me. No, that's not accurate. Yeah, you're but not living in a vacuum. Exactly. And at the same time, we don't have to worry about everybody's judgment either. Yeah. So it's not about black and white, but we don't do things in certain situations because they're inappropriate, right? Even if you're angry, you don't yell at your boss. Why? Because it's inappropriate, but you might go home and yell at your family members because it's less inappropriate because you know that they'll be there for you afterwards or they'll understand that you're frustrated. But ultimately we have social norms and I'm not saying everybody has to conform to social norms, but there are, there is a level of inappropriate behavior that will uh, instigate unwanted attention. This is not to say that any kind of sexual harassment or any kind of sexual assault is warranted in any way, shape, or form. However, you can't expect other people not to react at all Mm -hmm. if you're doing something completely out of the ordinary. Yes. For them. So they will react. That's not sexual harassment. What that is, is that it's, it's more of a, what? What's, what's happening right now? Yeah. And they might say something to their friends because they're like, I don't understand. We are all judgmental. There there needs to be this understanding that as humans, we judge. And the reason why we judge is because we have schemas and our brain works on schemas, which are mental representations of the world around us. And our brain needs to work fast, which means it needs to categorize things. Things in our brain are right and wrong, good and bad, appropriate, not appropriate. And so anytime we see something, we'll judge it quickly because our brain is trying to process what information we're looking at. So yeah. when we when we see something that's out of the ordinary, and this goes not just for women, but it goes for men as well. If yes. a man is wearing tight shorts and his buns are showing and he's very fit and I don't know what, a woman will comment. Yes. And then we say, well, you know, it's a man, so it's okay that we comment, but it's not. It's the same thing that men do with women. 
Yeah. And that we sit and we start arguing about, we're like, oh, this is sexual. No, it's not. It's a reaction to what we're seeing. Yes. Now, if we start whistling at the man and we, or the men start whistling at a woman, yes, this is, you're, you're, you're like basically gawking at a, at a woman or at a man in a way that's inappropriate. What you're doing is inappropriate in that sense as well. Right. So there needs to be an understanding that life is not in black and white. We live in gray. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, when we look at things, it can't be either this or that it has to be, yes, there is not a single person on this planet that asks for being assaulted or harassed or anything Humiliated. Like that. Absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely. But there is a level of inappropriate behavior and inappropriate... On both parts. On both parts that you can't expect that people will not on initially just automatically react. Yes. We do expect them to take that reaction and respond appropriately to it, but... We can't expect people not to react because we're all different. We come from different backgrounds. We come from different cultures, different mindsets, values, morals. So ultimately, yes, there's going to be a judgment coming your way, whether you like it or not. Right. And whether that judgment is positive or negative. Right. So uh, in a situation, and I guess most of it happens well publicly if someone is, I guess, it's not so much harassment because you might not have to see that individual on a regular basis. You, you're you're in one situation, someone's whistling at you, calling you names, and then you walk past and you may respond, you may not respond, but it's fleeting. Mm-hmm. But in the workplace, it's daily. And if it's your boss who is in a position of power to change your life and your career, it's even more difficult to say something. So what can you do? in such a situation where you are stuck between the rock, a rock and a hard place because you don't want to lose your job, you love your job. But even though it hasn't gotten out of control, it is starting to become uncomfortable. So I don't think you have to wait until it becomes unbearable and it gets to a point because I guess that's another excuse they have to say that, why didn't you say anything sooner? Mm-hmm. You know, this has been going on for a really long time. I've been probably giving you hints and, you know, doing things around you. And why are you making such a big deal now? And the fact that you've actually come to my hotel room, if it gets to that, but it starts much before that. It's it's the subtle conversations and it's, you know, asking you about um, your sex life, maybe asking you about certain things that have started to make you uncomfortable but are not really within the realm of harassment because you can't go and complain to anybody. But you have to start doing something immediately. You know, when your instincts kick in to say, okay, this is really starting to make me feel uncomfortable. What can you do without... Is it a choice between I have to walk out of here and lose my career or is there something that you can do? Of course, you don't have to think of it as like, I have to walk out and lose my career. Remember, things are not in black and white. However, there has to be an understanding of what your boundaries are. And I think this is by far one of the most important parts of um, working through any kind of subtle or or not um, sexual harassment, is that sometimes you can stand in a group with three women mm-hmm. and or three men or three women and three men, and each one of them will have different boundaries. Each one of them will either accept certain sexual jokes or sexual innuendos, and some won't. So you need to understand your boundaries first. You don't have to justify your boundaries to anybody else. If you're not the type of person that likes any kind of sexual content around you, that's absolutely fine. That's Mm -hmm. your right. But if you're the type of person that doesn't mind participating or hearing 
sexual jokes, sexual innuendos, then that's also okay. Right. You don't have to feel pressured to think in a specific way because other people think in a specific way. So you identify your boundaries first and you hold them strong and you make them known. So again, if somebody is, is speaking to you in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable, you can simply either say, I'm sorry, that makes me uncomfortable. Or you can walk away, just walk away from the conversation. Yeah. Because that conversation is not business related. So you don't need to be there. It's not going to affect your job in that moment. Is that easy to do though? It's, it's not, remember, none of this is easy, but at the same time, the alternative is you're going to end up working in an environment that you hate. That's going to end up making you hate your job and maybe even leaving you with a traumatic experience Absolutely. in a workplace that you'll feel like you can't trust anybody else the next workplace you go to, which is horrendous because now this place sets the standard for all the rest of them for you. Yes. So yes. it's not easy. It's never easy. So this is not minimizing what you're doing. However, it needs to be done. Right. It needs to be done for you to take care of yourself. This is about self-care in the workplace. Absolutely. And self-care is not selfish. We've heard that many, many times all over social media. Self-care is not selfish. This is about you becoming assertive. It's about you saying to yourself, I deserve to be and work in an environment that makes me comfortable. Right. And if this individual that's sitting in front of me is making me uncomfortable, I have the right to say something politely Mm-hmm. And then I have the right to walk away if that if my concern has not been addressed. Yes. All of these things I have the right to do. Now, if the individual continues and has zero concern for what you have said or, or your continuous conversation with them about it, you have every right to send an email. Mm-hmm. You can send an email between you and them because now it's documented. And one of the things I tell all of my clients when it comes to workplace difficulties or workplace harassment, mm-hmm. I say document everything. Right. You send an official email to that individual stating your concerns again. Right. And you mention, as stated previously, blah, blah, blah. And you go in and you write everything down. Yeah. And then if they don't, or if they respond in a negative way, or if they still continue, the next email that goes out is to them and the HR department. Right. And they're maybe their senior and your senior. Yeah. So now you make it more official. If still things are not changing, then you go straight to the HR department and you file a complaint. Right. So there is a series of, of uh, Baby documentation yes. that is in place to say that I started it with you. It, it, nothing changed. I'm now taking it to the next level. And, and I guess you can't refute something that's written down. You can't misinterpret it. You can't misunderstand it. You can't claim it never happened or the it's conversation not, uh, never took said, place. She said, exactly. For both sides, yeah, either and, from the male perspective or the female perspective. Exactly. And if you don't get a response, that itself is a response to right. say that you have to take it to the next level. And that does make so much sense because what you're saying is that it's only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. So when you first start feeling uncomfortable and you're sure and you can trust yourself and that inner voice and you shouldn't suppress your gut instinct to saying that this is not appropriate. It's right. making me feel uncomfortable and you can't imagine feeling uncomfortable. You should say something, not in a confrontational manner, but at least say something to say that wasn't cool. And if you don't, if you see that's not changing or the behavior is only getting worse, you know, it's not going to get better from here. 
Right. And even the word confrontation is not a negative one. A confrontation is literally just a conversation that is about a negative topic. Right. So it could still be done in a positive manner. Right. So you can still speak to them with respect and diplomacy, but still get your point across and say that I'm not okay with this type of behavior. If you want to continue it, you can go right ahead. That is your right to do so. Right. But I will not be a part of this. So if you see me walk away, it's because I'm not happy with your type of conversation or this, or if it was about touch, you can say, please don't touch me again. I'm not comfortable with you laying your hand on me or anything like that. It's just, I'm not saying you intended anything negative because you don't want to assume right off the first bat. That's why you give people the the, uh, benefit of the doubt the first time. Say, I'm not assuming that you intended anything negative. However, it's uncomfortable for me. So I would appreciate that you don't touch me again. So I want to take on from here because we've talked about what we can do. But when the last time when we met, we talked about toxic relationships and I asked you that if you are a friend of someone or if it's happening to your child, because there was this whole issue with the U.S. gymnasts Mm -hmm. who were being abused by their, their, their doctor, their doctor. And so how do you help them? How do you see the signs, especially in children? Because that, that is my biggest worry to say that, you know, your child might be so confused at an age when they're, they're teenagers and they don't even understand what sexual abuse is mm-hmm. uh, or harassment is. And uh, there's so much fear in, in speaking out, you know, at, at that age. How do you help or notice or, or do something? Well, from a younger child perspective, I would say you need to build their confidence you need to highlight the idea of building boundaries and right. really talk, talk talk to your kids at a very young age about yeah. boundaries, yeah. about what's okay and what's not okay for them. Yes. That they need to decide, not you decide for them. Yes. That they need to decide what is acceptable for them and what is unacceptable for them. And they need to behave accordingly and move forward in those values and make sure that other people understand their values. Yes. Other people may or may not respect them, but that's not the point. The point is, is that they understand it and they know how to stand up for it. After these things occur with a child, they feel a sense of shame, guilt, mm-hmm. and embarrassment. And they, f- they feel scared sometimes because that person might threaten them or whatever it is, or they feel like they might get in trouble by their parents. This is why these kinds of conversations are very important to start at a very young age yes. to understand boundaries. However, <laughs> that being said, I just want to also mention that you don't want to scare them from exactly, everything in life. Exactly. So you don't want to say like if somebody brushes up against you, that's yeah. something you should be careful of because people can hit each other as they walk through a crowded area. That's that's fine. What we're talking about is inappropriate touch. But surely you know. We know what an inappropriate touch is, whether it's between two women, two men, whether it's with your friend, the minute a touch, even if you are hugging someone, mm-hmm. the minute that touch becomes inappropriate, you know. True, but you also want to, you need to set the definition, right? So if you start at a very young age telling a child that if a person just brushes against you as they're walking past you and then says, excuse me, if, or, or you don't even mention that part, you might actually get your child to believe that that is inappropriate behavior. Sure, exactly. So you have to be careful. Yeah. Like you don't want to, um, the definition of inappropriate behavior 
has to be on some level a se- of a sexual nature. Exactly. So there has to be like, this is a private place. You're not allowed to touch these areas on my body. Right. And then if somebody touches these areas on my body, that's an automatic no. Yeah. But if somebody bumps into me, if somebody taps me on the shoulder, let me not jump to a quick conclusion of this right. was inappropriate sexual behavior. Exactly. It could just be that a that a person's trying to move your child out of the way so they touch their back and just shove them out of the way. Sure. Again, so it's a, it's really about um defining it in a different way. So and I think this is what happens a lot with a lot of individuals and this is where a lot of men and and women are scared of bringing up any kind of topic or touching any per, any people in any kind of way mm-hmm. is because we're we're leaving the definition too broad yes and it's and it's becoming scary and we are we are social creatures we've always been touch oriented yeah. but in appropriate ways of course appropriate ways yes and now we're so scared to touch each other in any way, because we're so scared that this might be misconstrued or misunderstood in a in a sexual nature. Right. So I can understand why that's happening out of the fear and because of this horrendous trend that's been occurring before that has thankfully led to a Me Too movement where people are speaking out. But ultimately, we don't want to go from one extreme to the next. Absolutely. We can't go from the extreme of before we were sexually harassed and now we're just never going to... St- talk to each other or touch each other <laughs> be very scared you be know, very oh, scared yeah. of everything because yeah. of the fact that maybe anything that we do is all the way on this extreme again gray yes we live in gray and we need to understand that some things are not as negative as we are interpreting them to be yeah but some things definitely are absolutely and we need to be able to define them this is why i say build your own boundaries don't allow people to tell you what is okay and what is not okay between you and another individual right. you get to make that decision nobody else does yeah. so it and i'll give you the perfect example my friends and i girls and guys we joke all the time right and some of our jokes are inappropriate and some of our jokes are very appropriate but ultimately we have established a safe space where Absolutely. we are all comfortable Absolutely. with that kind of conversation yeah none of us feel uncomfortable and 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 in the moment that any one of us does we speak out right so this is this is what i mean in in our circle maybe individuals might look at our jokes and be like yeah that's not appropriate for me which is fine but that's been happening for centuries exactly. i mean there's there's nothing wrong with that with that's what we were saying like, let's not get too politically correct exactly let's not get oversensitive but again let's not ignore the fact that you don't have to consider yourself to be oversensitive if something is making you feel inappropriate Absolutely. speak out if it was not intentional the person is not even going to really feel offended they're just going to be like oh i'm really sorry i didn't mm-hmm. know that offended you um and and the behavior will stop so i guess saying something shows you that somebody who never intended to harm you would would step back apologize and not have you face any repercussions for speaking up yeah and it also shows you the individual that won't because exactly. if you tell a person oh by the way like i'm not comfortable with that and somebody oh stop it you're being so dramatic exactly perfect this is the individual you want to stay clear away from because this is the individual that will definitely continue that behavior right. to a very 
horrendous level, either sexual harassment or eventually sexual assault. So you just want to move past individuals that are like that. If a person genuinely says, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I really didn't, it, it, that wasn't my intention. I apologize. Then great. You give them another chance. Right. Yes. So the idea is to give people the benefit of the doubt initially. Speak up. Yes. Yeah. And because speak clear up. it out right away. As it happens, clear exactly. it out. If it was not meant to harm you intentionally, it's going to stop immediately. Because if you keep it in, yeah. it all it also skews the way you see things Absolutely. continuously. So everything that comes from that person becomes a, a sexual innuendo. It becomes a sexual. It's your perception so of what they're doing. Well, I'm, this is not to say that they're they may not necessarily be doing sure. it. But sure. this is also to say that maybe the individual just doesn't know. And I have to say that this is one of the biggest difficulties I I see with the couples that I work with as well. Mm -hmm. And not from a sexual nature, but from from a perspective of, oh, this person knows me well enough. They've known me for like five or six or 10 or 15 years. So they should know yeah, they should know what I'm thinking before without they should me having have to that, say it. Exactly, they should yeah. have that telepathic ability. And I'm like, no, we're I'm human. I'm sorry, guilty as charged. I've done it a lot of we're times. We're human. <laughs> we don't have telepathic abilities. Therefore, you must speak, speak up. Because yes. when you speak, people are clear and, and, and understand. And you will be clear to understand what exactly is happening in your situation. So speak up. And yes, do you run the risk if it's your boss? that you're insulting him or you're offending him. Yeah, you do run that risk, but it's either that risk or it's the risk of you going through sexual assault, hating your job, experiencing negativity, going through horrendous, like a downfall of your own mental well-being and physical well-being, psychological well-being, just so you, you don't risk offending them. Yeah. That's not acceptable it's, at it's any not level. acceptable and it's not even like weighable with each other. I mean, yeah. they're, they're completely on different scales. So yeah. your well-being is far more important than a risk that you're taking. Absolutely. You need to, you need to measure that that way. You need to think of it as your self-care supersedes the job that you're in right now, because eventually you're going to leave that job if this is yes. actual sexual With harassment. a lot of added emotional trauma. Yes. For you to be able to, I mean, you that will stop you from doing a lot of other things in your life. Absolutely. So let's have more conversations. Let's, you know, make these topics more easy to to talk about and you know they're not taboo subjects if something is 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 bothering you troubling you affecting your life in negative ways then we have to do, do something mm-hmm. thank you so much dr Tharaya. thank you and i am going to have you back very very soon i have a whole <laughs> new list of topics that we can talk about thank, thank you here you have it speak up say something don't stand for it if if something you're going through something you know, just continuing to to accept it is not going to make it go away. This is Kanchan Kulkarni saying goodbye for now and speak to you again soon.